0: Oh yeah Oh yeah Everything, everything, everything Gonna be alright this morning
1: The NCAA is adorable trying to inflict punishment and enforce rules concerning the NIL. (laughs) Two years after the fact, now they want to try to enforce guidelines and rules and restrictions. Oh, God bless him. NCAA, don't you ever change. Don't you ever change. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parch Third, better known as RP3. Of course, joined here in the studios by the producer extraordinaire, a woman filled with vigor, energy, enthusiasm, not at all tired from Spending eight hours at a bowling alley, apparently. The one and only Miss Anna
2: Five names.
3: <laughs> I'm not tired at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't You are
1: also a terrible liar, by the way.
3: I can't wait for these next two weeks to be up because this has been a terrible split for our league. I've league for our team. And I'm just ready to get paid. Back for all of the money I've put into this.
1: You're you're just ready for the off season.
3: You're yeah,
1: re- you're ready for the off season. The season's over. Please put us out of our misery. We're not winning the Super Bowl. Can we just get to our last paycheck and go home?
3: Yeah, like was even tried to ask me. He's like, "Hey, you want to do a bowl in the summer? No, I really don't. <laughs> I am ready for it. It could be August later on. I'm I'm good. It I don't can, need no summer league.
1: It could be August later on," she says.
3: Like, I was the only one to have their average for the entire series. We won one point. Uh, we lost by 200 pins the second game. The third game, we we lost by 153 pins.
1: That's so, not close in either, no. in, in either instance.
3: Mm-mm. We didn't have enough money to buy strikes. So, and they kept dropping the six pin and wouldn't, like, pick it up with a little catcher. It wouldn't do that, so. We're having a great time waiting for it to continue to come. Hey, hey, guy, can you put the six pin back up, please?
1: All in all, not a pleasant experience no. for you.
3: Mm-mm. Only good thing is that I got to watch the Celtics play, and now Mesh will be happy because his team won. So that, well, that's what well I'm happy about.
1: Well, That's exactly how I make sure to live my life, is to make sure if James <laughs> Mesh is going to be happy.
3: Yeah, because like, no, oh, Bucs need to win. I said, no, no, no. I don't feel like dealing with, with mesh yet, so let let the Celtics win.
1: Mopey mesh? No <laughs> one needs that. No. No one wants that. No, we're good. No one deserves that.
3: And peachy keen on that.
1: <laughs> oh, we have a great show lined up for you today. Got three guests all on the back end of today's show. Ollie Cassell joined join us at 8.30 this morning to talk NBA playoffs. Boston-Milwaukee, they're knotted up now. Two games apiece, Golden State rallied last night and took down a John Morant-less Memphis Grizzlies team to take a 3-1 lead in that series. Plus, we'll look at the other series as well, which are now all of a sudden competitive when Ollie joins us from the Bird Rights at 8.30. Jarrett Rozier will join us, give us the latest updates in the world of recruiting, plus his thoughts on the adorableness that is the NCAA and them trying to do things the right way, try to enforce their own rules. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even get the words out. Uh, that'll be at 8 o'clock. And Hunter Bauer, our good friend from gopreps.com, state semifinals are going on across the state this week and weekend for high school baseball, state semifinals and state championships. So Hunter Bauer from GoPreps com will help give us a preview of all the state baseball playoff action so that's what we got lined up for you today of course we'll touch on a slew of other things mcneese baseball raging cajun softball lsu of course and so much more game hotline is open three three seven seven zero six zero one 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 that's three three seven seven zero six zero one 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 if you want to get in on the action just feel free to give us a call but we got to start off today's show talking about the old NCAA. Out of nowhere, well, this is under my radar because I was paying attention to other things. The old NCAA decides, hey, you know what? Let's meet. Let's have a committee meeting, and let's uh, you know let's make some decisions. Let's uh, let's get after it. It's a slow news day. Let's see what we can do to make that not the case. (laughs) So, the NCAA, in all their great, great wisdom, decides that they are now going to start enforcing the guidelines for boosters, in particular regarding NIL deals. Uh, that they published new guidelines yesterday. They got busy. No, they did not use the Notes app to publish said guidelines, even though the Notes app is undefeated. They should have. To want to clarify that boosters, including recently created companies designed to provide athletes at a particular school with endorsement deals, should not have any contact with prospective college athletes their family members, or their representatives. Well, duh. That should have been the case the whole time. When we talked about this, what, two years ago? We talked about once you go down this road, once you, you know, the genie gets out of the bottle, so to speak, that you're not going to be able to put it back in. And this is the NCAA's way of trying to do that. It's too little, too late. You Things have gone absolutely cray-cray when it comes to NIL deals. You're getting guys getting $1 million NIL deals before they even take a snap for their college team. Game over, man. It's game over. There's no saying, well, you need to do this. First of all, The NCAA does not have the infrastructure in place with its enforcement office to enforce these rules. They don't. They, they, They don't. They've never had the staffing to deal with these kind of things. To investigate recruiting violations of coaches paying middlemen off or boosters paying off families. They've never had the proper staff and they've never been clear on exactly what they're doing that's the other part of this and this has been going on for decades as in plural more than one decade and they don't rule the same and they don't pass judgment the same and sometimes it takes them two three four years to figure out what to do with a certain coach or a player or a program, it's always after the fact. Three, four, five, six years. How? How? Why does it take that long? You know why it takes that long? Part of it is incompetency coming out of Indianapolis where the NCAA is headquartered. Part of that is bad leadership by the NCAA. And the other part of this, in addition to the incompetence and poor leadership, is the simple fact that the NCAA's offices are not structured In a way to be able to do anything. It's all bark and no bite. And it's always been that way. Always. Always been that way. So now they want to step in. To the NIL world. And say well you know. You got to restrict. You know. Your contact. With the players. And with the families. And. Blah, 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 blah. And here's these new booster guidelines. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, you helped create part of this problem because of your incompetence and your poor leadership to begin with. And now, after the fact, you want to step up and say, hey, we got some new nil guidelines, guys. We'll take care of this. We know what to do. I wouldn't trust the NCAA to be in charge of cutting my yard or taking the mail out of my mailbox and bringing it to the house. I have no faith in their ability to do that whatsoever. In what world do we live in that we think this is going to work? There's no scenario. None. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to fix things. They just don't. And look, not to knock the work of athletic directors and conference commissioners who were tasked earlier this year with reviewing the marketplace for college athletes. The NCAA itself updated its rules last summer to allow college athletes to make money by selling the rights to their name, image, and likeness. Don't you think when you made the decision to do that that you would go ahead and have these guidelines for boosters and how their relationship should be with the student-athletes? Right? Like, okay. Basic stuff. This, this is just basic. There's nothing complex about any of this. Hey, we're going to pave the way for NIL. Hey, here's the guidelines. You could do it in the same press conference. But instead, the NCAA is like, oh, uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we'll let athletic directors and somebody else give us insight so we can formulate a plan. Unbelievable. And yes, are the concerns about boosters and NIL-focused companies, known as collectives, offering money as incentives to attend a particular school, is that a concern? Sure is. Guess what? Athletes, great athletes, have been receiving money for generations eric dickerson came home one day from high school and there was a new trans am in the driveway athletes over and over again had duffel bags worth of money in the 70s and early 80s on their doorstep from a random person saying hey would sure be great if you could come to our school here's some cash so what world do we live in here Now that it's a concern because it's out in the open? Because Gordon McKernan can sit there and have a billboard with LSU stars and do commercials with them? Really? It's actually better now than it was before because now it's out in the open. Member schools received the new guidelines yesterday saying that boosters or collectives who contact recruits or sign athletes to contracts that are contingent upon a player's attendance at a particular school are breaking NCAA rules. The Division I board of directors said the NCAA could pursue sanctions against anyone who has egregiously violated these rules in the past 10 months since NII rules were changed. But it's likely to focus more on upcoming in the future. So you're going to try to backlog this now? You're gonna to try to go after you open Pandora's box. Now you're gonna to try to go back. Really? Really? These are the morons running college athletics, by the way. Uh yeah, so um yeah, we, we, we need to go backwards. Uh, we could uh possibly sanction you now by uh going back to, you know, even though we uh weren't enforcing the guidelines ten months ago. Now, now Now, 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 uh, now we're worried. It's a concern now. It's a, it's a, it's egregious. The salaries that these people make are mind-blowing. These are people that are supposedly educated. Yet good old community college guy here talking to you this morning understands things better. Because you know why? Because I was raised with common sense. This is rooms and people that have too many degrees and don't have enough real-world experience making decisions about people that live in the real world. This is what happens. This This is what happens. It's like when politicians are in Washington making decisions for us. They don't live with us. They don't live in our community. They don't know us. You think the NCAA Board of Directors, the Division I Board of Directors, or anyone at the headquarters in Indy with Mark Emery and his moronic self, you think they have any idea what life really is for a college athlete? You think they have any idea how any of this really works? I'll help you out. The answer you're looking for is no. No, 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 no. But this is what we got to put up with. And here's the great thing. All this pomp and circumstance, all this stuff posted on social media, all these media reports yesterday, all these guidelines being sent out to all these schools yesterday, right? It's a huge deal. It's a big deal. Look at us. We're trying to take initiative. Look at us. All the NCAA is here to save everyone. The guidelines don't establish any new rules. Not a single one is new. What are you doing? Not a single rule is new. But it's an attempt to clarify the definition of a booster. We're waiting. Time out. We're waiting until 2022. May the 10th. Yesterday was May the 9th. My apology. May the 9th of 2022 for the NCAA to sit there and go guys what's the definition of a booster oh let's let's all meet together and you know sit in a circle play duck duck goose and you know eat glue because we're a bunch of morons no new guidelines no new rules none they don't exist And for all the coaches and the administrators that have called the NCAA to step in in the last month or so to, you know, enforce and interpret rules, shame on you. Because then you don't understand what you're dealing with. And what realm, and what multiverse of madness, this is the real new Doctor Strange movie, this right here, the multiverse of madness. And what world do you live in where you think the NCAA can enforce anything that can provide leadership for anything or clarity on anything. Like, come on, man. Let's all be grownups here. This, the NCAA gets what I call, what my good friend, the great Gazzolo, Jim Gazzolo would call an RP3 woof. That's what the NCAA gets. A big old... Healthy dose of woof. It's 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 all it's all just a PR stunt. We're going to enforce NIL rules. Maybe you should have made that a big deal before you opened up the floodgates for NIL to begin with. Unbelievable. Got to take a timeout. I should not be this worked up on a beautiful Tuesday morning. It's only six twenty-two. I'm already worked up. I'll try to calm down. We'll unveil our poll question of the day coming up next. You're listening to the Game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: P3 is known for being a well-tempered and thoughtful sports journalist.
1: The incompetence, the absolute abundance of arrogance from Rob Manford makes me want to punch him in his throat.
0: Okay, well, we all have our bad days.
1: I'm not kidding. If he was right here in the studio, I would walk up to him and throw him a punch.
0: Well... Let's all hope he took his meds today. Back to hopefully a calm and collected RP3. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports Sports station.
1: Oh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, one zero four one. Late Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st, and you can be there in person. Just go register in the game clubhouse right now at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Once again, Astros versus Rangers at Minute Maid Ballpark. May 21st, you can get four tickets, a tour of the ballpark, and hotel accommodations. That's our Astros Weekend Getaway, but time is running out to win this bad boy. You only have ooh, a day or so left. It wraps up tomorrow, Wednesday. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian Houston Downtown, and The Game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. NCAA is trying to enforce its rules when it concerns NIL deals. That's adorable. There is something, though, and I'll give credit. Excuse me. I'll give credit where credit is due. The NCAA says you don't need to have divisions anymore. That actually makes sense. They actually got together and they did something that makes sense. Getting rid of divisions makes sense. And here's why. When they first came up with this premise of doing divisions, the SEC was kind of at the forefront of this. It was all about making extra revenue for the conference. There was no point in it, not really. The SEC kind of broke ground on this by having the SEC championship game. And they had it first in Birmingham, then they moved it to Atlanta. It was designed to give your conference another game. You got a big corporate sponsor involved. You got more television revenue. You see how this works. This is why it was done. And then everyone else kind of followed suit, the Big 12 and others. But, hell, the Sun Belt just went to divisions not that long ago. Some of the other conferences just went to divisions, the Big Ten in particular. Then they struggled how to name them, which was hilarious. But with conference realignment and everything kind of just swirling around, are divisions even needed anymore? And I would argue no. You could simply do what the Big 12 has been forced to do because they don't have enough teams in their league and take the two teams with the best two records and have them play each other. This would eliminate having what we call ball matchups in conference championship games. Let's say a team from one division is undefeated. Oh, that's great. And they're having to take on a three or four loss team in the conference championship game. Because that team just so happened to win their division. It makes more sense for college football, particularly where college football is right now, to not have to do that. Hey, this team's undefeated. This team has one loss. They're from the same division. They're obviously the two best teams in your conference. They can play each other for the conference championship. And you're not forcing undefeated teams to have to play four lost teams. This also strengthens your ability to be able to get at least one team into the college football playoff, if not more. What looks more impressive? Let's just look at it. What looks more impressive? It comes down to a spot in the college football playoff. There's one spot available. There's this one conference champion over here that won its conference championship game against a team with four losses. This other one over here won its conference championship game by defeating a team with only one loss. And that was higher higher ranked than the other team. What's going to look better? It's obvious. So this allows you to get the cream of the crop, so to speak, in that regard. This actually makes sense because the division format for college football is now antiquated. It had its use and it was utilized and became a trendsetter, so much so that other conferences went through that formula, divvied up their conferences into divisions, and had conference championship games. And it it worked. It made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Hell, LSU got itself back into a national championship game because of a conference championship game. After they lost to Arkansas, they beat Tennessee, in the SEC championship game, and that, was, that allowed them to be propelled into a national title game. So, <clears throat> they have served their purpose, and they've been a great revenue generator for the conferences. But now with the college football playoff, are they even needed? Are they even needed? And I don't think they are. Conferences are getting so big now, as it is, And their geographic footprint is becoming so massive that I don't think divisions really matter anymore. This also would allow conferences to put together schedules that feature the best teams. Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC. Instead of having them in a division with LSU, you could mix it up where Oklahoma and Texas Play multiple teams from both sides where we used to be the old divisions. You can have more marquee matchups instead of being forced to have Missouri and Vanderbilt play each other. I'm all about it. I just railed against the NCAA for making terrible decisions and trying to enforce guidelines for NIL deals, which they should have done a long time ago. But this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. And that leads us to our poll question of the day. Should college football get rid of divisions? Right now, 50% of you say yes, 35% say no, 15% say other. Some of you like to live in the ether. I appreciate that. Ton says, wait, like FBS, FCS, or Power Five Group of or conferences, so many ways to interpret this. One thing we can't agree all on, though, NCAA is a joke and not a funny one. JPK, the OD, says this is the NCAA trying to pretend they are still in charge and the adults in the room while chaos ensues all around them, oblivious. Darren says, what's the point? Then you wouldn't get some of the great rivalries you get every year. What would be the best rivalries, though? You don't think the SEC is going to make LSU and Alabama play every year? They sure will. They absolutely will. And then you can play... LSU can play Texas and Oklahoma every year. LSU can still play Auburn every year. You can still play Florida every year. Look, the conferences are going to do what's best for the conference. And playing rivalry games is going to be what's best for the conference. And here's the thing. All these rivalries... Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan... All these that are, you know, been existing for, you know, 100 years. uh, They did so before the conferences had divisions. Notre Dame has like five rivals and they did so while being an independent. College football existed without divisions for generations. And those rivalries thrived. What's to say that that's not going to be the case moving forward? Keep those comments coming on the poll question of the day. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day as well. But we got to take a timeout. When we return here on the RP3 in the company, NBA playoffs, some salty good action last night. We'll recap it for you. That's coming up next. We'll also take your phone calls. Game hotline's open. 337 706 0111. That's 337 706 0111. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making
1: large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What?
0: Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports stock. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Don't! Oh! Now back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Uh, The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our Rewards Club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes. Like a $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House. That's right. $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House. Delicious gulf seafood. Take your lady out. Show her a good time. We want to help you make that happen. But you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. Let's put the NCAA talk on the back burner. Let's talk a little association, shall we? NBA playoffs in full swing, conference semifinals. Let's talk about this Golden State Warriors-Grizzlies series, which has been nothing but salt. No John Morant last night due to injury. In injury, he suffered at the hands of a Golden State player in Game 3. That's made things even more chippier than it already was. And credit Memphis because they gave Golden State everything they could handle. They were actually leading this game with about six minutes to go, even without their star player, their best player. But this is where Golden State's experience comes in. And this is where their ability to lean on the fact that they've been there and done that. And look, Steve Kerr was not there due to sickness, their head coach, but they've done this before. They've won a lot of games without Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr's had some medical issues. And the Warriors rally late, take the lead, hold on to it for a 101-98 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. They now lead this series three games to one. And of the series when they began, the one I thought would go the longest is going to be the one that's going to end the quickest. It's funny how that works. I thought I didn't anticipate John Morant getting injured. But Warriors are now one win away from winning this thing. Will it be a gentleman sweep? I don't know Memphis could respond if Jaw comes back and wins it. But Golden State's in complete control now. They lead 3-1. They're literally one win away from the Western Conference Finals. All the other series are all knotted up now. They're all tied. So they're all going to go at least 6. Golden State, Memphis is the only one that can end in 5. Which I'm here for. I love the fact that we have playoff basketball that's going to last a little bit longer. And in last night's game, that experience played a big role. It just did because you had Steph Curry, all time great. He made eight free throws in the final 45.7 seconds of the game. That's clutch. That's a guy that's been a league MVP, finals MVP, multiple world champion. Understanding what's at stake, understanding what needs to be done and having that clutch gene and being calm, cool, and collected in a pressure game when they had a chance to take a game against an opponent that was down without their best player. It's exactly what they did. Steph was great. He's always been great at the free-throw line. We're, so, we're always so focused on what he does beyond the arc from three-point line that we forget just how great of a free-throw shooter he is. 32 points for Steph. 8 and 9 from the free-throw line. Draymond Green chipped in with 11 rebounds. Steph also had 8 assists. No Steve Kern It didn't matter. Curry and the Warriors rally past the Grizzlies 101 to 98 to take that three games to one lead. Feels like this series is probably, I hate to say it, probably now over. Memphis could win another game and push it to six, but Golden State's experience with Clay and Steph and Draymond. They're getting contributions from a lot of other guys. It's going to be tough for Memphis to get there. Memphis took the step. Memphis took the step this year that we expect the Pelicans to take next year if Zion is healthy. Memphis went from playing tournament to a top three seed. That's what you kind of expect for New Orleans next year. Meanwhile, over in the East buck celtics is going to be interesting this is a seesaw series if there ever was one it's all knotted up now two games apiece after boston wins 116 to 108 al horford was a man possessed career night for the old man he's the old man he's the old man in this series but he went off after getting dunked on by Giannis not once but twice. And Giannis kind of stared him down. Horford went ballistic. Just went crazy. <laughs> Just like, where did this guy come from? Because we hadn't been seeing him. We hadn't seen Al Horford play that well in a long time. It's been a while since he played that well. But he stepped up. And Horford kind of took over. Because after Giannis dunked on him not once but twice, he scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Six for six from the field. And a playoff career high 30 points. And he dunked on Giannis. So Horford went crazy. 11 of 14 overall from the field. But it just wasn't him. Jason Tatum also threw in 30 points in this ball game. They got 18 from Smart, 18 from Brown, balance attacked. Boston only played eight guys last night. That's it. Eight players. That's it. Short, small rotation for the Celtics, but it worked because Horford and Tatum, and they just were the far better team. Giannis had 34. In 18, that's a decent night. But once again, don't forget, no Chris Middleton for the Bucks, And that's playing a role in this series. Because you're depending on Brooke Lopez to contribute. Mm, that's... Ooh. Don't know if I want that. But this is going back and forth. The pendulum has swung for every game in this series. I expect this series to go 7. I just think they're that evenly matched, especially without Chris Middleton on the court for the defending champs. And that's great for us if you're an NBA fan because, yes, Golden State is probably going to eliminate Memphis in the next two games. But right now as it stands this morning, 6.48 on this lovely Tuesday morning, the Miami Philly series in the East is now tied two games apiece. Milwaukee-Boston tied two games apiece. And over in the West, Phoenix is tied two games apiece with Dallas. So we're going to get three of our four series are at least guaranteed to be six-game series. And if you're a fan of the association, once again, I don't have a team in the NBA, so I'm down for this. I didn't think these series would go this way. I didn't think James Harden would play well the other night and actually put the 76ers on his back like he did. I didn't think the Mavs would be able to come back from two games down and make a series of it with Phoenix. But here we are, and I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's go. Great, compelling playoff basketball. These matchups are salty. Phoenix-Dallas is getting that way. Milwaukee, Boston's getting chippy. Memphis, Golden State, it's already been that way. I'm here for it, man. Competitive fire on display? Absolutely. All day long. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number one. Update the poll question of the day. That's all coming up next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. welcome back to rp3 and company 654 on this tuesday morning we're wrapping up hour number one we covered a lot of things in this first hour of today's show the ncaa trying to put the genie back in the bottle with nil good luck with that the fact that they decided to get rid of divisions is actually not a bad idea they have them from time to time We also talked NBA playoffs, but I didn't throw it to the producer extraordinaire to get her take about what's going on in the association. And and based on what the people want, the people are demanding to hear your hot take, your nuanced observation about the NBA playoffs. How much do you love the NBA playoffs there, five names?
3: I do not like the NBA playoffs. <laughs> I won't use the word hate because that's a very passionate word. I dislike with a passion.
1: <laughs> and explain to the people. I'm sorry, I'm trying to compose myself. Explain to the people why you dislike the NBA playoffs so much. What's it goes the primary on for reason? for too
3: long. The NCK. You go to the NCAA. College you know playoffs and all that. Uh, you play but, a game, you lose, you're done. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get yeah. the, you get to the yeah, NBA, and it's like, oh, seven games, seven games, seven games, seven. Games. No, uh, if you lose, you lose. That's it. Don't need playing in seven games with this person, seven games with the person. Like, no. I
1: I hate to be the one to break this news to you.
3: I don't care about their money. No.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. Money. What 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 was that? I, I didn't I quite care hear about that part.
3: Their money. Money, 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 money. No, no, no. They, they, they,
1: they've played finals games for, for generations. That's what they do in the I NBA playoffs. Uh, also, uh, their diehard baseball fan. You play series as well in the playoffs. Just to give you a heads up there for baseball, a season that lasts already 162 games. You have seven game playoff series in baseball as well. By the way.
3: I still don't like series that, are that long.
1: <laughs> well, you're gonna have an issue then. I'm just saying, It doesn't matter. You're gonna have an issue. So your your perspective is they should get rid of series altogether in baseball, in the NBA, the whole nine yards. Just get rid of it.
3: Yeah, for the playoffs, With like three game series during the like season for like baseball makes sense. But like, no, I'll need seven, three.
1: Well, if four your team mats. if your team's really good, you don't need seven games. You just win yeah. the best of seven. Right. So you take the you know first team to four, they so don't you know can how to sweep someone for nothing. Everybody
3: always wants to play five and six and seven games. No.
1: Dang those competitors <laughs> trying to win ball games.
3: Gosh, dang it! <laughs> I just don't like basketball.
1: Oh, there it is. Well, that's how I, we're gonna close out hour listened, number one.
3: I watch it for the fiance because he likes basketball.
1: Five names is spoken. She does not like basketball. Yep. <laughs> that's gonna do it for hour number one. What a way to end the hour. Five names unveiling you know, revealing her true feelings about basketball that she doesn't care for and doesn't care for series playoff formats as well for Major League Baseball and the NBA. <laughs> who who was who was ready for that hot take this morning? No one. No one was. You're welcome, Steve. That's going to do it for hour number 1. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company 703 on this lovely Tuesday morning. We appreciate you making us part of your morning commute, whether that's to work or to school. And you know what? I also appreciate the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, for being open and honest about her hatred for basketball. That's what happened, in case you weren't listening, in hour number one. We covered the NCAA trying to put a lid on NIL with enforcing guidelines concerning boosters. Good luck, you bunch of dummies. We talked about divisions being possibly going away, removed, no longer needed. Are they even needed? That leads us to our poll question of the day, which we'll get to. We talked NBA playoffs and... I, knowing that she's not a big NBA fan, I took the lead. I said, you know what? I got this. I can rap about the NBA for a while. But then the people were like, huh, RB3. We need to know about how Hannah feels about the NBA playoffs. I said, really? Are you sure? Because I already knew. But she let the cat out of the bag. She hates basketball she doesn't think that playoffs should last seven game series should exist in baseball or the nba i'm not for sure if she knew that that was the case in major league baseball but now she knows and i think she regrets becoming a mariners fan but you may regret becoming a mariners fan for a multitude of other reasons sorry that's a teal burn this morning but you hate the basketball. That's what's, uh, that's what's been uncovered.
3: I didn't say I hated basketball. I dislike it with a passion because <laughs> hate is a strong word.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, Shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve for making this happen. I was just going to let it go, man. I was just going to say, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to put five names on the spot. But Salty Steve, our guy, Steve Flint, one of our guys that listens every morning. We appreciate him for his listenership. Is that a word? I just made it one. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it just became one right now. So, this has led us down a rabbit hole. So, what do you dislike more? NBA playoffs? Or what are some other options that have already been bantied about on social media?
3: Waiting for the NFL draft. Which... Uh, I mean, Foot didn't bring up the NFL draft until it was like 14 days before. So that's only two weeks. I have about another month left of the NBA playoffs. So I'm going to have to say the NBA playoffs, but it's very much a tough question to answer of either or.
1: Why do you strongly dislike the Ramble so much? It's
3: not the, the ball itself. You don't. You don't people. talk
1: out, You don't dislike the ball itself. No. So the feelings for the ball are taken care of. Yeah, I'm glad we're. I like we're-
3: dribbling. I like doing that in my house. Just kidding. I don't do that. I've done that in a little while. Um, but just the length of these games. Like it still bugs me that like in college the women play for quarters. Yes. And then the men play for. Two halves. But then you get to the NBA, and now the men play for quarters again. Which one do you want? Halves or quarters? I need one or the other.
1: Why do you need everything to be so uni- <laughs> universal and uniform? Because
3: then it makes my head confused. And no one wants my head confused.
1: That is. I was already confused
3: when they were like, hey, did you not know that, like, softball, you play seven? And men, you play nine. No, I didn't know. figured they all played nine. Nope. It's different.
1: Yeah, because it's a different sport. <laughs> Baseball and softball concept, are not the same sport.
3: But the concept is still the same. Uh,
1: the concept, but the dimensions the of the ball, field are different.
3: Hit the ball. You're on the bases.
1: The dimensions That's are it. different. Mm-hmm. How it's played is different. <laughs> it's just how did you become how how did i not know that secretly you were a 77 year old man trapped inside of a young woman's bob body how did i not know that you were the get off my lawn person even more so than me why 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 are they different why are they different should all be the same should all be the same why is it so long
3: Organization is, is this, not key in these sports.
1: Why are you... By the way, the, the quarters rule is something that, that's, that was an initiative that's happened in the last 10 years. Okay. In college. Okay. It was designed to make the game more exciting, I do believe, if I remember right. I'd have I'll, I'll, I'll look it up for you. For women's college basketball. But isn't this all really about the fact that you feel like you're wasting your time with your bowling team? I mean, isn't this what it's all about... The fact that you you got stomped yet again last night, there's no playoffs in sight, there's no trophy at the end, you're just done with it. Is that what is really going on here, that the bowling league is going on for too long and that soured you on the NBA? The NBA hasn't done anything to you. The NBA hasn't taken away your Monday nights. The NBA hasn't made you feel bad about your score. You know, they're just out there playing basketball. They're just trying to do their job, trying to entertain people. You're really not angry with the NBA. You're more angry with yourself in your bowling league.
3: <laughs> Whoa. Why does <laughs> this become a therapy session? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to have Leon Dice again and turn the mic
1: <laughs> You're welcome. I am
3: not upset. As upset. I mean, yes, does it suck? I don't have a chance to win Be part of the $1,500 prize fund for being in the top, like, six teams to play. Yes, it does a little bit. Yes. But. Do I get to be, like, paid back-to-back because, like, it's payday, and then I get paid for bowling and get payday again? I mean, that to me is epic. That sounds like a fantastic next three weeks for me. But I still sound like the length of the time of the NBA playoffs.
1: That's the hill that you're going to die on. I support you. I respect you.
3: I'm waiting for the direct message tweets on (laughs) Twitter and then (laughs) Facebook as
1: well. Oh, goodness gracious.
3: Sorry to let anyone down, but it's fine. It's
1: fine. Hey. Yes. NFL schedules are going to be released on Thursday, by the way. That's happening this week. Now, it's already kind of trickled out a little bit because we got the international games, which I hate, with every ounce of my body. As much as you dislike, or you you said, what did you say, strongly disliked uh, the length of the NBA playoffs, I just strongly dislike i'll try not to use the word hate as well i'll try to be better i strongly dislike the fact that we have international games five of them yeah woof but field yates who covers the nfl uh, tweeted out something he's an nfl insider for espn that they now know that we have nine nfl games that have been officially announced We know we're going to get a Thursday night football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs in week two. We know we're going to get Titans at Bills on Monday night football. As well, we just don't know what week it is. We also know that there's going to be a Vikings at Eagles Monday night football game, but we don't know what week it is. And, of course, your international games, Vikings versus Saints in London, Giants versus Packers in London, Jaguars versus Broncos in London, Seahawks versus Bucks in Munich, and Cardinals versus Rams in Mexico City, and then we know uh, Christmas Day, we're getting the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Rams. So, we do know that, but the schedules will be released in a couple days. We already know the opponents for every team, right? We know who's home, who's away, we just don't know what order they're in, what the schedule looks like, so will be interested to see what the Saints schedule is going to end up being like. How many primetime games they're going to have. This is now going to be year two without Drew Brees. Now no Sean Payton. But there is a lot of intrigue about this team. Are they going to try to flex those into some more primetime games? I, I don't know. I really don't know. You know that Bucks Saints... Is always going to be worth being like getting the national exposure. That should usually the 315, 320 game on Sunday or a primetime matchup. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of those is that because Tom Brady's back in Tampa. Obviously, Saints Bucks has been box office for a couple years now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there if the Saints are going to get many primetime games. But the schedule will be released, and then everyone can get themselves situated. Plan out their fall. Like, here we go. What my Sunday's going to look like. Let's go. Get ready. So, did find that interesting as I'll get out. Let's check in on our poll question of the day, shall we? We asked you, should college football, now that the NCAA has said, hey, you can, should they get rid of divisions? And I, I said this point in hour number one. They served a purpose. And the SEC was kind of at the forefront of this by creating the East and West divisions for their SEC championship game because it helped the conference. It's an extra game, extra payday for the conference, more television revenue. And it made a lot of sense for a long time, but does it make any sense now? We're getting to the point where the conferences are so large that does it matter if you have divisions? Does it really matter to have divisions anymore in college football? I mean, I, I don't think there is. Because I don't think it, it it can help with travel is the one plus there. All right, Look at the Sun Belt. They've expanded, and this fall they're going to d- divvy up between East and West. Well, they already had East and West, but that's going to help them with their travel costs. That way the Cajuns aren't going to have to be you know, bebopping all around Virginia and the Carolinas multiple times a year. You stay in your division, which helps with your travel costs because it's more regional. That makes sense. I understand it from a financial point of view. But in the grand scheme of things, is it still needed? The way college football has transformed into more emphasis on the college football playoff. I would anticipate that it probably benefits a lot of these teams, a lot of these conferences more, not to have the divisions because you don't want to have the matchups of having someone play for the conference championship that's got three wins. Because that hurts your opportunity to get into the playoff. And I can guarantee you, all these commissioners, all these men that lead these Power Five conferences or even these Group of Five conferences, their ultimate goal is to get a team at least one into the college football playoff. And they're going to do whatever helps them make that a reality. It just so happens that the two best teams in the SEC for the better part of the last five years or so have been Alabama-Georgia. Well, that's great. And you can get two, two teams into the playoff, which they've done multiple times. But if you're a conference commissioner, and I know you play to win the games, so don't get me wrong, Let's say you're the Sun Belt. Let's say you're Commissioner Gill. And Coach Dez has the Raging Cajuns ranked in the top 25. And they're right there. Like, Let's say it's not for the college football playoff, but let's say they get a New Year's Day six bowl game. The biggest bowl game. The Sun Belt is yet to accomplish that. They've yet to get one of those big New Year's Day bowl games, New Year's six games, right? With the big payday and the big television contract, you know, big TV deal. Let's say the Cajuns are ranked, and they're the highest-ranked group of five team in the country. They're right there. And being the highest-ranked group of five team, just means you get a spot in one of those New Year's six-day bowl games. Great, right? But then you got to play a three-loss Coastal Carolina team in the championship game, and then they beat you. Now the conference has lost that New Year's Day 6 bowl spot. Or if you're talking about Power 5 conferences, let's go with the Big 12, or Big 12 doesn't have really divisions. Let's go to the Big 10 and let's say it's Ohio State and they lose to, say, Minnesota, a three-loss Minnesota team. And now the Big 10 doesn't have a a representative in the college football playoff. What do you think commissioners want more? A chance to get those bigger bowl games? A chance to get into the college football playoff? Or playing a conference championship game at a neutral site? The landscape of college football has changed where priorities are now different than they were even 10, 15, 20 years ago. So should college football get rid of divisions? 44% Forty four percent of you say yes, forty one percent say no, fifteen percent say other. Who's voting other? What's what what's the other option when you vote other on our poll question? I dare ask.
3: Maybe you still had divisions, but you just change their trying to get the word I wanted to use. <laughs> Their qualifications, I guess you could say. Okay. There's a different word for that that I would use, but I can't think of the word right now. The qualifications is good enough for me for right now. Well, I think of that <laughs> other word. It's
1: good enough for me right now. She says it's it's good enough for me. Blaine on Facebook with the wildly efficient comment. Yes. Shout out to Blaine. Keep those comments coming. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day: Should college football simply get rid of divisions i think you could see this more so on the power five level group of five i don't know because regionally it helps them because they get less revenue than the power Five conferences do and you can keep things more regional to help keep costs down but once again having a conference championship game does jeopardize your ability to get into the college football playoff or get into a New Year's Day 6 bowl game? And what do you think is more important to conferences and conference commissioners? College football has rapidly changed underneath our feet. I just don't know if divisions are needed anymore. we got to take a timeout. You're listening. TARP3 and company. Right here on the game where half of us love basketball 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station
0: we love talking about sports yeah you love listening to sports yeah sounds like we were meant to be together or at least friends with benefits aren't you glad you found us To more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to upgrade your experience for Downtown Rising with the ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience. You can score a pair of VIP passes plus a chance to meet the Cold War kids. That's right. You can meet the headliners of this year's Downtown Rising. A little meet and greet. Get a selfie taken. Maybe some autographs. Maybe shake their hand. Maybe talk to them about their inspiration for their latest record doesn't matter what you want to do with that time with that VIP access. We just want to hook you up with VIP passes and a chance to meet the Cold War kids. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to win VIP passes for Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids on Saturday, June the 4th. It's the ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience and is presented by Social Entertainment, Radar Solutions, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's talk a little McNeese baseball, Rachel Cajun softball while we have a few minutes here before we bring on our good friend Hunter Bauer from gopreps.com to help preview the state semifinals for high school baseball. McNeese salvaged their weekend. They won on senior day in a big way to avoid being swept by Northwestern State. And that victory alone helped keep them tied for first place in the Southland Conference baseball standings. Now, that doesn't mean that they're a lock here to win the regular season title and get the one seed for the conference tournament. They're tied atop the standings, and then they have four other teams that are one game below them in the standings. So right now, heading into the final weekend of the Southland Conference regular season, legitimately there are six different teams that can win the regular season championship and earn the number one seed and it's just not the one seed that's important here as well also getting maybe that two seed could help you in a long way to be able to win the conference tournament justin hill talked to the media yesterday following the weekend series against northwestern state and looked ahead only thing left on the schedule, Houston-Baptist, the team they began conference play against earlier this season, a team that came into the Joe and beat them and took that series. Well, they have to go to Houston, and hopefully they'll be able to return the favor. And the skipper of the Cowboys talked about what his team's focus is going into this final week of the regular season.
5: I would say the, all that happens by trying to win on Thursday. I think that's the, fo- the focus because we can't do anything until Thursday the focus is having a good day today checking on guys after being having a grinder of a week you know we had the tough one on Friday long game on 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 Saturday really hot day on Sunday, obviously an emotional day with senior day and families and all those kind of things. When you have the have those kind of things, you just want to hope they get a good night's sleep. Let's get in here, let's get some work. we got some guys throwing some bullpens right now that we'll step in, kind of watch a little bit to get them ready for, for when, you know, who's needed next, you know, because you never know what, what's going to be needed. And, uh, and then obviously a practice here on Thursday, go over to travel to HBU on um, Wednesday and air all the preparations for that one game
1: this team and this league has truly evolved since the beginning of the season and Hill spoke on how much his team has changed and evolved as the seasons progressed, and how much the conference itself has done so as well
5: yeah I think I think we're a completely different team you know whether it be we had just gotten Josh Leslie back from from the handmate bone surgery um we had just kind of started with kate hunter you know kind of taking over where trey trey overgone was from a dh and uh you know we were trying to still figure out who we were from a pitching standpoint and they they came in they played well they got us two out of three opening weekend so uh yeah i think we're a lot different team but i'm i'm fairly certain that they're a lot of a lot of different team too um you know there's One game separating a lot of us. I mean, I know we're tied with Southeastern, and so it kind of goes back to just a lot of parity within the league and a lot of competition. And come down to this point more than just games, it's coming down to individual.
1: What is going to be the pitching game plan for the weekend? How is he going to set his rotation? Because, look, if they can go into Houston and take two of three, they're going to have a legit chance of winning the regular season championship, getting that one seed. They would obviously love a sweep, but just ending the regular season with a series victory would go a long way for their chances to make a run in the Southland Conference Tournament. And this is what the skipper had to say.
5: Yeah, so game one will be Rodgers, and game two will be Chance Stone. And we will see what we need to do in game three. So, whatever we feel like is best to go, and based off availability, and what needs to be done uh, will be game three. But I, th- I think that's the right way to go. You know, you certainly would hope to get more than four innings out of your starters, you know, this late in the year. But maybe that comes back to help them out short week and then maybe not having their pitch count as high. Uh, we'll try to hopefully see the positive.
1: He's keeping things flexible in game three because they're going to pay attention to what the other series are doing as well. Because that's going to determine how the standings are. If, it's a, if there's a possibility that they take the first two games in this series – And it doesn't matter what happens in game three. That's going to adjust what they do in their approach to game three. So they're leaving that ability to have some flexibility. Once again, McNeese wraps up their regular season on the road at HBU. Their softball program, number one seed in the Southland Conference Tournament. They open up play tomorrow. They earned one of the buys and they'll open up Southland Conference tournament play that the softball program does tomorrow. Big day for them yesterday as they were able to take home multiple awards for the, the Southland Conference. They got the pitcher of the year, they got the newcomer of the year, and they got the coach of the year. McNeese softball team placed eight on the all-Southland Conference teams. Ashley Vallejo was named Pitcher of the Year. Outfielder and former Louisiana Raging Cajun Kendall Talley was named the Newcomer of the Year. And James Landron, who we had on the show yesterday, was named the Southland Coach of the Year. Speaking of those Raging Cajuns, they're gearing up for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They were the one seed. They won the regular season championship as well. They cleaned up on the postseason honors as well the Raging Cajuns did, as they placed nine on all Sunbelt teams. That was announced yesterday. Melissa Mayu was named the Conference Player of the Year in the Sunbelt Conference, and Jordan Campbell was named Newcomer of the Year. And look, the Raging Cajuns, even if they win the Sunbelt Conference tournament, they're not going to be able to host a regional, but they could improve their standing and get into a better regional more than likely as a 2 seed and coach Jerry Glasgow was asked you know what's his approach going to be for the conference tournament is he going to treat it like he does like they've done their weekend series what's going to be the game plan for pitching in the Sunbelt conference tournament in Mobile this week
2: yeah that's i think the reason Justin did that this weekend is cuz he wants to be able to interchange If we Try to always keep the momentum in our dugout, and uh, any loss of momentum in the circle he'll switch. Because uh, I know he's got complete confidence in all three arms and all three pitchers. I think he feels like on any given day they're they're pretty, you know, they're a pretty equal bunch, and they're they're all dominant at certain times when they're really on. They're more dominant, and I think he'll just try to keep finding the one that's most dominant as we go through the week.
1: And look, Glasgow was straight up asked, you know, what is the goal? What are you guys trying to get done? Once again, they don't have to win their conference tournament to get into an NCAA regional. They don't. Their RPI is good enough. They are a good enough program that they're going to get into an NCAA regional, no matter if they get an early exit in Mobile this coming week. So, what are they trying to get
4: done?
2: You know, we just want to win. We want to win four games in a row. We want to keep getting better as a ball club, we want to stay healthy. If we can go in this tournament and go four and over four and one, uh, I don't want to get a loser bracket real early and have to end up playing five or six games. But if we can come out of this thing four and one or five and one, we should maintain our RPI. And I think we'll have a lot of experience and confidence going into the conference tournament. Any way we can come out of the thing as long as we get to the win the championship game. If we're going to lose a game and we lose the championship, that might put you in a really good position going into the regional. And if we can come out of the conference tournament with the wins, then we're on a really good winning streak, and obviously we're playing well. And obviously we'll see some really good pitching and really good arms. So I think the Sun Belt's going to give us really, really, really good competition. And either way, it'll make us a better ball club.
1: The biggest competition for the Cajuns in the tournament this week is going to be South Alabama. They're the host team, but also the two seed. So we'll see if we'll get that title game matchup between the Cajuns and the Jaguars. But conference tournaments for softball are this week, SEC, Sunbelt, and Southland Conference, while baseball teams wrap up their regular seasons this week and the following week. we got to take a timeout when we return here on rp3 and company hunter bauer our buddy from gopreps.com will join us we're going to look at the state high school tournaments semi-final action on tap this week we'll break it all down with hunter that's coming up next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station
0: want to join in the discussion with rp3 then just give us a call on the hotline you know the number. Two,
4: four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I
0: can't hear you. You're
4: trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be
0: embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines of gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, even if it's just minor landscaping, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, remind you call 811 and know what's below before you dig. High school baseball state tournament action begins this week. Semifinals and then championship rounds this weekend. And that'll put the book on spring sports here in the state of Louisiana as the state track meet was last weekend and the weekend before that was the state softball tournament. Baseball is going to wrap us up. And to give us a preview of the state baseball tournaments is the editor-in-chief of gopreps.com our good friend the one and only hunter bauer hunter good morning to you brother how are you my friend
6: good morning raymond how are y'all this morning
1: i'm doing good bud i'm doing good i want to get right into the action and i want to start off with class 5a because obviously a team in your neck of the woods gets upset by santa maw they come in there and take down the top seed barb Two games to one in the quarterfinals to punch their ticket. They're the eight seed. They're going to be taking on number four seed Sulphur in one semifinal in Class 5A. The other one features Dutchtown taking on West Monroe, a 3-2 matchup. Who do you like to advance on to the state championship round in Class 5A?
6: Yeah, you know, I think uh, Barb was everybody's choice uh, to, to take home the state title this year, and that kind of got upset this weekend. But I tell you what. Uh, a lot of good competition in Class 5A this this year. Uh, you know, you've got from Dutchtown to West Monroe, Sulphur, Saint Amal. Uh, you know, I, I think it's up for anybody. In fact, I was looking last night. Neither one of these teams have won a state title since 1999 or 2004. I'm sorry, Dutchtown and Saint Amal won in 2004. West Monroe in 99. Sulphur never won a state title. So somebody, some new blood is going to win a state title this year. I think, you know, Santa among Amon's got the best chance. But West Monroe's got really good pitching uh, as a team. I think they're throwing 199 ERA right now. So, uh, you know, just overall, there's a lot of good talent. Uh, but you never want to count out the hometown boys. Solvers, you know, they've been playing really good as of late. Uh, but they are got to go up against a tough Dutchtown team that's been on fire as well. But uh, look for St. Among. I mean, they, they took down the Giants. Uh, they got a lot of momentum behind them. You never know. They may come out the
1: champions. Speaking of Giant Slayers, let's go to 4A because on one end of the bracket, North Vermillion is your one seed. It's one of the uh, it's the only team from Acadiana or one of the only few teams from our neck of the woods that's even in the semifinals. And North Vermillion is the one seed. They're taking on the five seed North DeSoto in one semifinal. But you look on the other end of that bracket, you got a 6-15 matchup. South Terrebonne took out the two seed Neville in the second round of the playoffs and they're all the way in the semifinals. How do you like this uh how do you like these semifinals to, to work out, Hunter?
6: Well, North Vermillion, you know, I think they're the the odds on favorite to win. You know, they're winners of fifteen straight, two state titles, one last year. Uh, you know, they only lost two starters from last year. They had five seniors returning in the junior class at fifteen, so it's kind of you know, kind of hard to count them out. But I tell you what, that 6-15 match on the other side of the bracket, that's something interesting to see how that plays out. South Terrebonne, you know, never have they've never been uh, uh, to Sulphur. They've never won a state title. Again, they've got a lot of momentum uh, behind them as well. Uh, took down Neville, took down a good South LaFouche team over in their area uh, this past weekend in a fault series. Um, you know, you want to give North Vermillion the uh, – the, the nod here uh but again you never know once you get the sulfur things happen and uh it's going to be interesting to see uh but look for uh i say look for north familiar to repeat this year it's going to be hard to beat them especially with the arms they got uh on their side of the bracket
1: in 3a hunter it's nothing but chalk right all four of the top seeds advance In one semifinal matchup, we're going to have Berwick, the one seed, taking on the four seed, Sterlington. And then the other matchup is Lutcher, the three seed, taking on uh, Iota, the two seed, uh, in the semifinals. Once again, it's all chalk in that bracket. How do you like that kind of uh, ending up there? What what do you think the title game is going to be?
6: Yeah, I don't know. This is the class that I was looking at last night. Like, man, you know, you just can't really uh, – you know, you, you want to go with Sterlington just because they're back again this year. They won't, they, they And they beat Lutcher last year for the uh, for the state title. So, you've got both the runner-up and the champion back in the uh, in the action this year. And then you've got Iota and Berwick in against this year. Iota's never won a state title, so they're hungry. They're looking for their first one. Uh, but, you know, Lutcher hasn't won a state title since 2013 as well. Uh, you know, Sterlington, again, you know, want to be the odds-on favorite, but uh, – You know, Lutcher, I I think they've had a really good year. Uh, They've they've got a lot of talent uh, on their team. And, uh, you know, I don't know. You just think that maybe they can come in and maybe pull an upset, upset as you could say, one through four season in there. But uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of people want to say Sterlington is going to repeat. But those three good teams, they bring a lot of good talent uh, to Sulfur this week. And, again, anything happens in Sulfur, you never know what's going to happen.
1: We're talking with Hunter Bauer. He's the editor in chief of GoPreps.com. He joins us as we preview the state baseball tournament. Semifinal action begins tomorrow, and the state championships will be held this weekend. Let's go to class two A, because we have another Cinderella on one end of the bracket and Doyle, the 11 seed. They're taking on the two seed Springfield in one semifinal matchup. And the other one is Manny, which seems to be in the mix for every state championship these days, regardless of sport. They're the five seed, but they're taking on Rosepine. And Rosepine Hunter has not lost a game this postseason. They're the one seed, and they have outscored their opponents 75 to 14. 75 to 14. Is this Rosepine State Championship to lose?
6: I think it is. You know, they, they've they won 28 straight games. They, I think their last loss was back in early March of this year. And, you know, when you've got uh, talent like Ethan Fry, you know, that just, oh God, just hammers the ball uh, uh, game in and game out, I don't see how they lose. But it's interesting, Raymond in Class 2A, other than Rose Pine, these three other teams, two of them are making their first appearance in the Final Four. Three, the other, or all three of them have never won a state title. So Rosepine's got a lot of uh, uh, I call them hyenas on their on their tails you know they, um, they're going up against some competition that have never won a state title. Uh, but you got to go with the experience. I mean Rose pine has got a lot of experience that came back this year. They won a state title last year. They know how to win in those situations. Um, especially, you know, in those three-game series that can always be tough no matter, you know, what seed it can be. Um, but, yeah, no, Rose Pond, uh, I think they've got the tools to do it again this year. But, like you said, Seems like Doyle and Manny, uh, they just seem to always be in the mix in any kind of championship, uh, whether it be baseball, softball, football, things like that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how Class 2 A plays out, but uh, I see Rose Pond, uh winning it again this year.
1: Let's quickly go to 1A, Hunter. All chalk in that bracket as well as the top four seeds advance. Who do you like to uh, win it all there in 1A? Yeah,
6: you know, I see O'Grove winning it. Uh, You know, you've got O'Grove and Grand Lake back in. Those the the two who faced each other uh, last year for the title. But, uh, you know, you never can count out a a team like LaSalle. You know, they're just a baseball, softball school. They know how to, uh, to, to win in those kind of situations as well. Uh, but, you know, o grove they just, you know, they're just so good and they've always got athletes, whether again, whether it's football or baseball or track or whatever, they just know how to win up there in northeast Louisiana. So I just see o Grove uh, coming back and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of repeats this year, Ramos.
1: All right, let's go to the select side because they're not playing in Sulphur. They're playing over in Hammond. Let's start with division one. Catholic Baton Rouge is your one seed. They're taking on Jesuit in one semifinal. The other one features John Curtis versus Brother Martin in a 3-2 matchup. Who do you like to win Division I?
6: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Catholic's got the, uh, you know, everybody's attention. But Jesuit, who's won 21 state titles uh, in their history, so uh, and they won last year. So you always got to keep an eye on them. But i tell you what, keep an eye on John Curtis. They They've kind of been below the radar this year. Uh, You know, which is weird for a baseball school like that. So, uh, you know, they have a lot of quality talent. Um, They got a lot of four-year starters uh, that are competing on their uh, on their team this year. Uh, Had a hard-fought series against Rommel this past weekend, Uh, but nonetheless, I think they're gonna. uh, It's going to be a good series uh, between all these four schools. And, uh, but I don't know. I think it's going to be between Catholic and Jesuit if I had to pick somebody on the spot.
1: Division Two St. Louis Catholic is the two-seed. They're the highest seed remaining in the Final Four there. Do you like their chances of winning the state championship in D2? Yeah,
6: I do. You know, again, a lot of good talent uh, in this bracket as well and a lot of familiar faces. But, you know, again, University Lab Vanderbilt – you know they haven't uh, they haven't won a state title. Vanderbilt hasn't won a state title, or hasn't been in a state title game since 1996. So you know they're hungry as well. Uh, but you know I think St. Louis is is really good this year and uh, they're going to do well. I think they're going to have a, a shot to uh, to repeat uh, again this year.
1: Division three Notre Dame they could join their softball uh, classmates in winning a state championship, but. They have to take down St. Charles first, and then, of course, St. Thomas Aquinas awaits. They are the one seed. How do you like Division Three uh, panning out?
6: Yeah, it just seems like no matter what happens, Notre Dame and St. Charles always get paired up in a in a semifinal or state title match. It's just uh, just seems like they're always put together. But yeah, you know, again, Notre Dame won last year, and I think it I think it was against St. Charles. If I had to, if, I think I remember right. But uh, anyways. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas, four, winners of 14 straight. St. Charles has won 12 straight uh, on their journey to uh, to, to Hammond. And, uh, you know, if they can get past their – their, um, if they can get into the state title game, either one of them, I think they're going to have the shot to win it. But uh, never count out Notre Dame. Uh, they just know how to win in any sport they compete in.
1: Hunter, appreciate Tom As always, brother, keep up the tremendous work with gopreps.com. And we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, Raymond, thank you so
6: much. Y'all have a good day.
1: we got to take a timeout. Wrap up hour number two here of RP3 and Company. Next, you're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Poll question of the day. The NCAA has paved the way. Four conferences, if they want to get rid of divisions, that they can. Should college football, though, get rid of divisions? And you guys are split on this. 43% of you right now say yes. 43% say no. 14% say other, you know, make some changes just to tweak things, so to speak. Not to be confusing. The way college football is trending, though. I don't know if divisions are needed anymore, especially for the big boy conferences. I could still see where divisions are needed for the Sun Belt or Conference USA or the MAC or the American, because you'll need them just for regional purposes to help with travel cost. Right? It, it makes sense in that regard financially for that reason look keeping rivalries Darren brought up the point on the poll question with his comment well what about rivalries well look the rivalries in all these conferences existed long before divisions came around Georgia Auburn still played every year for good old-fashioned hate I I mean the the oldest rivalry in the south good old-fashioned hate is Georgia Georgia Tech they're not even in the same conference and they still play so The rivalries still exist. Alabama, Tennessee still play every year, even though they're not in the same division. So that will continue on. Those rivalries existed before divisions were part of college football. They'll still be that way. I think you could see SEC, Big 12, ACC, Big 10, Pac-12 not have to do divisions and be okay with it because that's the way college football is trending. The lower conferences, though, your group of fives, I don't know but they may not have a choice. They may go that direction no matter what. That's going to do it for hour number two. Hour number three, we'll kick it off with Jarrett Rozier talking recruiting. That's next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company, 804 on this Tuesday, May 10th edition of our show. I am the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parch The 3rd I'm joined here in the studio by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We've covered a lot this morning. Raging Cajun softball, McNeese softball, McNeese baseball. We've talked NBA playoffs. Things are getting interesting in the conference semifinals for sure. We talked NCAA trying desperately to be relevant by enforcing guidelines, which they should have tried to enforce a year ago. We have a poll question of the day, but the big reveal, of course, in hour number one, at the end of hour number one, the stunner, if you will, the one that has had seismic ramifications on the air this morning is the fact that Hannah Five names revealed to the world that, in fact, she strongly dislikes the game of basketball Also does not believe in seven-game series for either the NBA or Major League Baseball. It is something I don't know if we'll be able to recover from. This news that our buddy Salty Steve prompted earlier this morning. I don't know if Salty Steve understands what he's done.
3: The damage
1: that has been done by this inquiry by our buddy Steve Flynn.
3: Like Jarrett Rose put his hand on his heart like he'd like I hurt Jarrett so Jarrett has throwback
1: jerseys of players you don't even know and most people don't remember. I
3: probably don't.
1: He loves the association. I'm
3: sorry, Jarrett.
1: You just crushed him. I did. You just crushed him. My man's been dealing with a physical injury that has been long <laughs> recovering from months where he had to stay in his apartment and had to have people drop off food and cleaning supplies to him as if he was a refugee in a third world country. <laughs> and that didn't hurt as much as what you just said.
3: Well, I didn't say I didn't like basketball.
1: You as, said you like, strongly
3: disliked it. I don't, yeah, I do. That doesn't mean it's you like not it. It's thing. It's just not my thing. I'm sorry.
1: I don't I know if RP3 things. and company is going to be able to recover. Hopefully, look, we're going to push through for you. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. Right now, let's bring on our friend Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst, reporter for seventeen hundred and ninety-six different publications and websites, buddy. uh, Let's just start off with: Are you going to be able to come on our show moving forward, knowing that Hannah strongly dislikes basketball?
7: I I don't know, man. I was I was thinking I was doing all right this morning. See what you did? See what you did? Five days shake shake through this news. Uh, It's rough.
1: Unbelievable, unbelievable! Jared has been a staple of my shows here at RP3 and Company, and the Rap Game here yeah. at the game for 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 years now, three plus years. This man's been part of what we do here.
2: I know. I'll and now you're, you're making
1: him, making him debate whether or not he wants to continue doing this.
3: Well, I'm 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 sorry, Jared. The bottom of my heart, I'm very sorry that. Well, you value my opinion. You disagree <laughs> with my opinion of basketball, and it's fine. You probably disagree with my opinion of liking soccer. It's totally fine. We'll
7: get no, I've, I'm good with soccer. See? um, yeah. I, See? I, I See? We'll get supportive. Basketball Together. was my, my sport growing take, up. Take
1: sure. notes. And, <laughs> take notes, five names. He's supportive of your sport. You're not supportive of his. So take some notes. Okay? I
3: don't like it, but I will support anyone who does like it.
1: <sighs> it's enough of you right now.
7: And look, and look, if there was a time to try and get excited about NBA basketball in Louisiana, you know, we're at that juncture, I think, where you can kind of latch on to this young Pels team that I think is going to be good for the, the next few years, at least.
1: We just need to get Louis Prejean involved somehow and, and oh, get yeah. her and and, and and have her be mentored by a, the, the former producer extraordinaire, Louis Prejean. All right, bud, let's get right to it. The NCAA makes this big hoopla yesterday that they're now are going to decide to start enforcing their guidelines when it comes to boosters because NIL has gotten out of control. Uh, this is all lip service, right? Because why not enforce the guidelines when you cleared the path for NIL to begin with a year ago?
7: Yeah, they, they have not done a good job handling any of this transition. And I, I was talking to someone last week about the fact that a lot of people seem to be frustrated with where college athletics is now. And it always seems to come back to fans lashing out about the player side of things. And I, 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 I look at it and say, how did we get here from the organizational institutional side of things? And the NCAA saw this coming. We all saw that there were going to be changes made and that, that players were going to have, some ability to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. And instead of trying to work and get ahead of it and put some guardrails in place, the NCAA kind of seemed to stick its head in the sand for years until the the floodgates of NIL opened last summer and no one knew what the heck was going on. I was asking athletes, their parents, college coaches and administrators what some of the ramifications were going to be and the handle on it was at best loose. there was there were more questions than answers. And so now those floodgates are open and there's a lot of money flying around, a lot of money being offered to student athletes before they they sign to try and entice them to head one direction or another school wise, uh, which was not supposed to be the intention um, per se. And it's it's all been very, Visible uh, to a point where the average fan kind of sees it playing out in some headlines around the country, and so I understand some of the frustration there. And now the NCAA is trying to play catch up where it should have been working ahead on things uh, for the past few years. And I don't really know where it goes. I, I I don't know how much I took from yesterday's headlines to think that there was anything. Um, you know, specific and that I, I had all that much faith in to see how it played out. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think it's it's all been a work in progress. And, and right now, I don't know that we've solved a lot so much as just started to try to take steps to, towards some some management of all of this uh, that will continue to be a work in progress for the years to come.
1: And here's the other thing. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you agree with me. Well, you have no faith that they're going to be able to do anything. I mean, because they're not consistent in their discipline. They're not consistent in their enforcement of rules to begin with. They're a train wreck, and they always screw it up. So I I just don't know if that's even a possibility moving forward. We're talking with Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst, reporter. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Um, Let's let's talk about uh, the biggest transfer additions yet for both LSU men and women's basketball teams.
7: Yeah, huge additions for the LSU teams late last week. And both, you know, we've talked about maybe not every week, but more weeks than not this spring, and, and some of the work that Kim Mulkey going into her second year and uh, Coach Mac- Matt McMahon with the LSU men's program going into, you know, at this point, midway through his second month, maybe uh, the work that they've done. But I don't think any of the additions, at least transfer portal wise, are even arguably as big as the ones late last week. KJ Williams, the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year from Murray State, decides to transfer and, and stick with McMahon and uh, you know a couple of his teammates, a couple of former Murray State staffers. He's a guy that averaged 18 points, 8.4 rebounds, uh, almost a block a blocked shot this past year was a, a four year standout for the Racers. And I had people from North Carolina hitting me up last week and asking, hey, what's going on with KJ Williams? Do you know if he's going to LSU? Because they were hearing that the Tar Heels were feeling well-positioned to land him. And that kind of gives you a sense of how uh, sought after KJ was on the, the transfer portal market. He was one of the, the top players out there nationally and had a team that was in the national championship uh, just you know a month ago, a little over a month ago and I think is well positioned for the future, one of the, the blue bloods of, of college basketball. And instead, with everything that's going on here at LSU, uh, KJ Williams decides that he's gonna stick with Matt McMahon and company and, and trust the opportunity that is there to finish off his college career in purple and gold, gives them a huge post presence uh, around all those guards that we've talked about throughout the spring. And I think very quickly with the addition of him and those two high school signees that we talked about a week or so ago, that suddenly this goes from a team that was looking to be likely one of the bottom SEC teams, but have a chance to compete and make some games interesting to now, you know, can they be a pretty competitive middle of the pack or even better surprising SEC men's basketball team? And on the women's side the following day, Angel Reese, a third team All-American from Maryland, you know, someone that Coach Mulkey described as one of the most dynamic players in America, decides that she, a Baltimore native, is leaving Maryland and heading south and wants to play for Kim Mulkey. And she's someone that as a sophomore this past year, averaged 17.8 points, 10.6 rebounds, uh, one and a half assists, one and a half steals, a little over one block per game was that program's First sophomore to average a double double since I think the 70s, and uh, was a big part of the Lady Terrapins being one of the top Big Ten programs, a number four seed in the NCAA tournament, making a Sweet 16 run, and all of those things. And so she immediately is a huge boost to that program going into year two with Kim Mulkey. Uh, so, as much as I, I mentioned to five names, and a good time to get excited about NBA basketball. You know, if if you like to watch uh, some college basketball in Baton Rouge, there's a lot to be excited about with these programs as well.
1: Let's switch over to football. Raging Cajuns, Coach Des picked up their first commitment for the 2023 class. What can you tell us about the young man?
7: Yep, some excitement there. Uh, A little bit closer to home in Lafayette. Justin Williams from the Houston area, MacArthur uh, High School in Texas. Uh, A long, lean I guess I'll finish off the rhyme, pass-catching machine. He's he's 6'4", 180, and he's out there and just looks like he's gliding around. Everything appears to be pretty smooth, gliding past people as a vertical threat. Uh, You can see them getting him the ball on on some shorter stuff and his ability to make some guys miss and then navigate his way through traffic. Uh, Plays two ways for his high school and and has that that aggressiveness to go get the ball, whether it, it be going up over a defensive back and pulling it in or coming back to meet it, or on, on the defensive side, you see him jump some routes and, and go get the ball and bring it back the other way. And so uh, a nice start. He had offers from Air Force in Pittsburgh, but the Cajuns had been on him throughout the spring, had offered him in early March, had a chance to get him on campus a couple weeks later, and had just been a steady, proce- uh, steady presence in his recruiting process and becomes their first 2023 commitment, uh, a guy from from out of state and, and someone that they look to to be a, a big-time playmaker for them down the road.
1: Speaking about out of state, um, you've uh, covered a story. You wrote a story about a young man taking a preferred walk-on invite to LSU from San Antonio. Even though he had uh, smaller school offers, he has no connection to LSU or to Baton Rouge, has no family connections or anything. Uh, tell us what you uh, tell us what you found out about this young man from San Antonio that's decided to go all the way to LSU.
7: Yeah, I just thought the, the kid's name's Malachi Lane. I thought his story was was kind of interesting. Uh, a running back and linebacker from Smithson Valley in the San Antonio area, who, when I chatted with him ab- about it, because I had seen he'd posted half a dozen or so offers, uh, you know, an FCS or two and some Division twos, had had some other PWO opportunities in state and closer to home where obviously from a financial standpoint, if you're going to go the PWO route, it makes a little bit more sense to, to be an in-state guy uh, for college tuition purposes. That's why we see so many of the PWOs uh, from, from Louisiana at, at LSU, but he's a guy that he said in sixth grade, he's playing the old NCAA video games and just kind of fell in love with playing with LSU, started watching them on Saturdays on TV, liked what he was seeing and that he and his family would always put together vision boards of future plans for him and and goals for him to try and reach. And that from the time he was in sixth grade, as they're putting together vision boards, uh, LSU was always at the top. His dad was a TCU fan. Uh, TCU was up there. His dad has family in Idaho And so Boise State was up there. His mom is from Florida and grew up a Florida fan. So the Gators were up there. And so all these these family connections were relevant. But for him, for whatever reason, this LSU team, uh, purple and gold from one state over seven hours away from home, was always number one. And he had a chance to go to a game during the 2019 season, watch LSU blow out home state Texas A&M. And that really kind of locked him in that much further watching Joe Burrow and those guys do their thing that November. And so he wound up his senior season this December and asked his high school coaches, you know, I, I applied to LSU as a student. I'd really love to play football there over some of these other options. And I, I already am accepted as a student. Do we have any connections you can you can potentially open that door and, and at least secure me a roster spot as a PWO before I make this college decision. And right around that time, Frank Wilson is being announced as coming back to the LSU staff. And, and so the coaches in a span of a few days go from, no, we don't know anyone at LSU to, oh yeah, the former UT San Antonio coach is now back in Baton Rouge and, and put him on the phone. And so here we are, uh, you know, a couple months later and the the dream has manifested for Malachi Lane uh, to come to Baton Rouge and put on some purple and gold and, you know, live that that half of his lifelong dream at this point.
1: All right, bud, can't get you out of here without asking you about what's the latest with Arch Manning. What's the latest developments about the uh, prized recruit out of Newman?
7: Yeah, we had our, for rivals, our new regional guy, uh, Nick Harris visited down to New Orleans for the first time yesterday uh, since, since joining the staff and had a chance to catch up with, uh, with, with Arch and company down there uptown and kind of like we had talked about a week or so ago, the timeline has started to shift a little bit from what we were anticipating. We had talked about at one point a likely late spring, early summer decision from Arch trying to to kind of sew it up and and move on from the recruiting process and focus on senior year. But so much coaching shuffling around the region and around the the country, I think, has has played a little bit of a role. And so – it seems like arch's decision may now be pushing a little bit further back he's he's got some summer visit plans including now uh, an expectation to go see coach napier and company down in gainesville uh, and see if, if florida can maybe get into this mix with some of those other programs that we've talked about so much uh lsu texas alabama georgia uh, Clemson, Virginia, Ole Miss and company that have been there throughout. And so we may be on arch watch for a little bit longer than we had anticipated at one point. And uh, now some familiar faces in in a new home are getting themselves into the mix as well.
1: Jarrett, appreciate you, Tom, as always, brother, keep up the tremendous work and we'll talk to you next week, bud.
7: Sounds good. Y'all have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the uh, NBA playoff games tonight and whatnot and catch you later. <laughs>
1: We're going to take a timeout. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 10th, 1970. Bobby Orr scores a famous overtime winning goal as Boston beats the St. Louis Blues 4-3 at the Boston Garden in Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals. The win gives Boston a series sweep and its first title since 1941. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: You know, the thing I love about this show is you, the listener, because we'll have a thought process. We'll have a game plan on what we want the show to be like. Hannah and I will be communicating the night before. We'll go over our rundown. We'll say, hey, we want to hit on this. We want to hit on this. We want to play clips from here. Let's open up this doing this so forth and so forth. But then you out there listening you go. "Hey, Oh, timeout. What? you take us in another direction. And that's what's happened today. In a jam-packed edition of RP3 and Company, where we've touched on a slew of different topics. College, softball, baseball, the NCAA. Heck, the NCAA led us to our poll question of the day, didn't it? They decided to clear the path to get rid of divisions. And we've asked you, Should college football get rid of divisions? And 52% of you say no, 37% say yes, 11% say other. Steve on the Twitter says, imagine there's no conferences. It's easy if you try. No fun belt or AAC. The SEC will thrive. Imagine all the conferences living life in peace. You can say that I'm only a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you join us and then we all can have some fun. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Hashtag Lennon parody. I'm I'm here for that. Bravo Steve! Bravo Steve. Brad on Twitter says, it's up to the conferences. I certainly don't think the SEC should get rid of divisions. LSU-Florida wouldn't be a rivalry if they weren't crossover opponents. But see, I disagree with that. Fundamentally, because the rivalry has now been established. So, if the conference says, hey, you guys play every year, then the rivalry will continue. I, I, don't, I, I don't buy that. The rivalry's already been established. You can just keep it moving. And he says LSU-Alabama wouldn't be what it is if they hadn't put, to, put them together in the West. And who cares about LSU versus Missouri? But LSU and Bama have been playing for like 100 years. They did so before divisions. Brad also continues, Alabama versus Vandy or Florida versus Mississippi State. That pot idea is stupid. Yeah, I don't care for the pot idea either. So what if they don't get to play every SEC school? Players don't stay in school long enough to see all those venues anyway. Fair point. <laughs> Mr. Cajuns chimed in. College football should expand the playoffs. Hell yeah. Let's get it. Robert Jones the Third says, having me knees play Ohio State every year is like RP3, trying to outdance Hannah Five names. Not for sure I fully understand that comment, but I'm here for it.
2: <laughs>
1: See, this is why we love you guys. Everyone out there listening right now, we love you. Got nothing but love for you. Then our show just randomly happens where Steve, who led a great Lennon parody comment on the poll question of the day, decided to bring up hey, I want to hear from five names about the NBA playoffs, and that led us down the road where she said that she strongly dislikes basketball. A huge reveal that could tear apart this show as we know it. Darren has chimed in as well. Number one Raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company. longtime listener. Big fan. Says she would enjoy... 162 games of Seattle Mariners baseball. but can't enjoy a seven game series of NBA basketball.
3: But it's not one seven game series. We're only in the semifinals right now. Which means there's two more sets of seven game uh-huh. series. And then another set of but seven game series. But even with the
1: playoffs, it's still less games than Major League Baseball. Still less than Major League Baseball's regular season.
4: So once again, two
1: different once again played, who injury? hurt you with basketball? <laughs> was there a moment no in your life you. growing up where someone took the inbound pass that you were trying to throw in during a game of biddy ball and then just bounced it off your head? No. And that forever scarred you? You were like, I hate basketball now.
3: I never said I hated basketball.
1: You strongly dislike basketball? Yes. I did do that to a guy I played intramural basketball with in high school. He was talking trash. Well,
3: that's mean.
1: He was talking trash. He was like, I'm going to score and you. You suck. And I don't know what else he said. It's been a long time ago. I
3: was like, "Um," oh.
1: But he just talk, He just talking smack, and I, I had enough. And I was known at Casey Westfield High School, by the way, back-to-back Intermittal League champions. But I was known for leading the league in uh, personal fouls. That was my game. I roughed you up. You decided you thought you were going to have an easy basket. Not so fast. Boom, elbow. Hard foul. You're on the floor. I was bad boy Pistons style basketball. It's going to be physical. It's going to be tough. You're going to earn it. And he decided that he was going to talk smack to me. And he was shorter than me trying to get the inbounds pass in one game. So I grabbed the ball. And then I took it and thumped it off his head. He didn't talk any more smack to me after that. (laughs) Sometimes in my younger years, did I let my emotions get the best of me in competition? Seems like it. Yes. Do I regret that happening?
4: Eh, mm.
1: not really. <laughs> he ran off of the mouth too much.
3: <laughs> See, so, I, I, so mainly, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, growing up, I mainly played basketball with my brother.
1: Oh. And so
3: it was always the, like, mm. you know, my sister, like, I had cooties. So I was like, yeah, yeah. And I would, like, back up towards him because he was trying to, like, block me or whatever. And then I'd, I'd win at horse every single time. I win often. He always has to say, "Oh, you, you you never win." I always win. No, you don't. No.
1: So yet you have some skills. Yeah. In the driveway, yet you strongly dislike the game. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I can't explain. It's it. just
3: not my thing. It's like, not your thing. It's not your. Kenneth thing. Kenneth played. He has a tattoo that says it has the that's Michael Jordan on it because they called him in high school White Jordan. I don't know why that that's, that's crazy, but he likes basketball i just don't like basketball it's not my thing i rather soccer i can even enjoy baseball i can't stand golf golf is just too long way too long of a game mm-hmm. just like in total it's just so, not as fun to watch
1: i see i see and i'm gonna let you know now uh, as we head to timeout because we need to um not because uh, i'm done listening to the nonsense uh, just to let you know, there's going to be no scenario where the name of the show is RP3 and Company, where we're going to push basketball or golf or even baseball aside for soccer talk. That's not happening. Not happening.
3: Oh, I'm alone. We got to take a time.
1: Out. We got to take a time out. What are you doing? I should have done a more thorough background check on you.
3: You're just mad.
1: I should have done a more thorough it's background fine. check on you.
3: Here's Mags only hear my voice. You're just mad about it. It's fine.
1: <laughs> oh, we got to take a timeout. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day, though. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. When we return, a man who truly loves basketball, Mr. Positivity himself, who I'm sure will crush his soul when we let him know the news that Hannah Five Names strongly dislikes the game of basketball. Ali Cassell from the Bird Rights will join us next. You're almost crying now. You just realized he's coming up next. <laughs> you, had, uh, you, didn't, you had no idea what where this road was going to take us, but I already knew where we were going to end up. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. Look, LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms. They can also take your outdoor living spaces and man caves to another level. That way they can help your home become the envy of the neighborhood during game days in the fall while you're cheering on LSU, the Cajuns, McNeese, or the Saints. Visit their website, lmgeelite.com, today to learn more about all the sensational services and great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit lmgeelite.com or stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from the Hub City Fort in the Jockey Lot. Once again, Lafayette, Marble & Granite, they're looking to earn your business. And trust me, earn it they will. Right now it's time for us to talk NBA Playoffs. With our good friend, Mr. Positivity, a man who has a passion, a zeal, if you will, for the game of basketball, the editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights, the one and only Mr. Ollie Cassell. Ollie, good morning to you, brother. How are you? Good
4: morning, Raymond. I'm doing well. Enjoying the uh, NBA playoffs.
1: Hey, bud, you know who isn't enjoying the NBA playoffs? Hannah Five Names, because she revealed this morning, live on the air, that, wait for it, she strongly dislikes basketball and does not believe that the NBA playoffs should be seven game series, that it goes on too long. Would you care to respond?
4: Ooh, ouch. <laughs> I mean, Hannah, why?
1: <laughs> <laughs> she she, she... She, we've been talking about it this morning, having a good time about it. And then, I, then she realized who was coming up next, and you're Mr. Positivity, lover of basketball more than anyone else. And then she almost started crying, realizing what she had done. So she's, she's, she's sorry, Ollie. She's sorry, bud.
4: Okay, well, that's a start. Next, we got to get her to actually say that she'll watch a game or two,
3: right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, me on oh, my crawfish pie. We like to have fun. All right, bud let's get right to it Uh, I'm surprised where these series are at I thought of the four series that Golden State Memphis would be the one that could go seven games it doesn't look like that's going to happen now and the other series I thought we would have gentlemen sweeps that's not going to happen now we're going to get game six in at least a game six in three of the other series Uh, what surprised you so far
4: Hmm. I, I think it's a Miami Philly matchup for me. I thought Dallas was going to come back and win at least a couple of games, go to a game six. So here we are. That's kind of at expectation. Golden state, you know, going up three, one's not that big of a surprise, right? No John Morant in the last game, but yeah, Miami Philly really stands out because Miami looked like the superior team right out of the gates and Philly barely got past a Toronto squad in the first round. And James Harden, I mean, he finally played a good game last night or, or in the last game, and that's probably the biggest reason why. But, you know, jo- Joel Embiid hasn't been that superstar either. So, yeah, that, that that's probably the most surprising one because Philly's coming in with two superstars not playing their best while Miami it was rolling, right, um, defensively, and they they were doing enough offensively.
1: Of the higher seeds, Phoenix in the West versus Dallas, or Miami versus Philly in the East. Who's in more trouble in their series?
4: I think Miami might be. I think Phoenix is still going to grab a hold of that. But, I mean, that that's a toss-up, really, right? Because, I mean, Luka Doncic could be the best player on the court there. And if he gets any kind of help, well, Phoenix, I mean, I know they've got Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But, you know, we saw what the Pelicans did with them. They forced them to go to six games. And Dallas is, is right there in prime position. And, yeah, I mean – I like it. Let's, let's let's leave it at that. I like the fact that the, all these series are really dogfights. There doesn't appear to be a favorite, on the, um, an easy favorite to pick out of any of them.
1: Let's stay in the East because I, I agree with you. I just, I have a hard time believing that Philly can win this series because I just don't know, I don't have enough faith in James Harden to be consistent in a seven-game series, to step up like he did the other night to help him win that game. I just don't have faith in that. I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't. I have more faith in Miami finding a way to grind out the series win.
4: Yeah, I understand that. That's totally legitimate. I mean, James Harden hasn't seemingly put back-to-back great games in the last two, three months. Um, But, you know, they've got Joel Embiid. What if he suddenly starts turning in that 30-15 guy, Tyrese Max, he starts going for 25? Tobias Harris has been playing well, so it's, that wouldn't be the biggest surprise for me because James Harden doesn't necessarily have to do all that heavy lifting, especially like he had to, right, in Houston. Um, so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but really on paper, Miami's just the number one seed. Think of how close the Eastern Conference finished up, That's right, the, the standings after 82 games.
1: And even if Miami does advance, I don't think they'd be favored in the in the Eastern Conference Finals against the winner of Boston Milwaukee uh, either. So I think that is a reflection of that. Let's go to that series. Uh, surprisingly chippy. I wasn't expecting that. It's also been a wildly uh, a wild series where the pendulum has swung from game to game. This has Game Seven written all over it on this series. What do you make of Bucks Celtics so far?
4: Yeah, that was the one I circled that whoever wins that is going to end up being the champion. And, yeah, it, it's lived up to all the hype, hasn't it? I mean, Giannis has looked like the best player often um, in the NBA during this series. But, you know, don't discount Boston and their, their defense. I mean, it's, you can see why it's the best in the league, right? If Giannis is on the court, you wonder where Milwaukee is going to get their points. And I know Drew and others have chipped in. But, boy, they're, they're just suffocating with or without Robin Williams. And Al Horford going off for 30 points in the last game. I mean, we thought that this this guy was dead, right? He was getting thrown to the Oklahoma City Thunder because his contract was too burdensome. And nobody really wanted to take him on to help them, you know, in, in their seasons. So, I love it. I really do, and it looks like what, what the signals to me, Raymond, is that Boston's ready. I think Boston's ready to make it, make that finals run. You know, they're giving Milwaukee all they can handle, and Milwaukee being without Chris Middleton, I think they could very easily do it. Right now that they've got their home court advantage back, they've got two of these last three games left in Boston. Hey, you could see that upset come off.
1: We're talking with Ali Cassell, editor in chief of the Bird Rice. He joins us here in RB Three and Company. We're talking NBA playoffs. As it stands right now this morning, 8.45, bud, who do you like to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals?
4: Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to stick with Miami, just like you. I've got my concerns about Philly. Um, and then, God, I've been riding with Milwaukee this whole time, so i got to stick with them, even though I really like what Boston's done. I really like the fact that so many of their guys stepped up, even though Robin Williams wasn't back there. And Jason Tatum hasn't had that explosive game yet. But, yeah, Milwaukee, Miami, and then I'll go ahead and tell you the West. I, I, I mean, Golden State, that's pretty much an obvious one, right? They just got to win one uh, with the series up 3-1, and, and you got to still like Phoenix there.
1: How impressive is it that Golden State, after Durant left and they dealt with the injuries, that they've been able to retool things f- fairly quickly while still keeping their big three, their core intact, and now appear to be a title contender yet again.
4: It is kind of impressive because everybody's a little bit older. Clay Thompson still isn't 100%, and and it shows, right? But Jordan Poole, for for him to come out of nowhere and and really become almost another splash brother, all of a sudden there's a third one, right? Is is impressive. And the fact that they, they do so well on getting rotation players, I mean, before he went down, Gary Payton, we saw him against the Pelicans come up with big baskets. But it's not just him. Otto Porter, I mean, he made – I forget how many threes he made in the last game, and that went against Memphis last night. But I saw him – he was at least four or six. So, yeah, they're just impressive. They do a good job of, you know, team building, but also rounding out the edges. Something you hope that maybe the Pelicans can do, right? That's what I'm eyeballing, that they can do moving forward too, right? Make sure that everybody you bring in – can help you one way or another. Do you
1: expect Golden State to take care of Memphis and go ahead and eliminate them the next game up?
4: You would think so, but, man, they barely got past the Grizzlies without John Morant, and they were leading going into that fourth quarter. I mean, had Dylan Brooks or anybody just made some shots, you know, most likely Memphis would have won that game. I was so thoroughly unimpressed by how, both offenses were not executing, right? They, they were taking really bad shots, but especially the Warriors. You know, these guys have been in those positions before. It was crazy to see that when Clay and, you know, Steph aren't hitting those threes that they didn't look for better shots. I mean, I know they got to the free throw line within the last two minutes of the game, but you would have expected them to really be focused throughout that fourth quarter, and they weren't. So if they don't tighten things up, Memphis could extend the series, but you got to think the Warriors are going to win, right? Especially if John Morant, even if he comes back, it's probably not going to be
1: 100%. Wrap it up with this, Ollie. You like Phoenix to advance to the Western Conference Finals, and, and so do I. But Dallas has found something here. What's been the big difference these last few games for the Mavericks to be able to even up this series at two games apiece?
4: Well, Lucas thoroughly dominated, and Dallas's defense has done a great job against Chris Paul and in that pick and roll. So, as long as Dallas is making their threes around Luka, which they were in that game, I mean, Finney Smith, I don't know how many he made big ones down the stretch, but it was a ton. If they're getting that kind of contribution and they can stifle one of Booker or Chris Paul, as we saw in the Pelican series, Phoenix can be beat.
1: How funny. New Orleans gave everyone else the game plan on how to beat the best team in the NBA this year. (laughs) It's kind
4: of of funny how that worked (laughs) out a little bit, huh? Yeah, it works out like that sometimes, but hey, they'll be back next year. You've got to think, right?
1: Yeah, they, they should make the the jump like Memphis made, right? That That's the expectation. Memphis went from play-in tournament to top four seed. We expect New Orleans to do the same next year if everyone's healthy.
4: Yeah, give me at least 65 games from Scion, B.I., and C.J. Yeah, definitely.
1: Ollie, appreciate your time. Thank you for taking the high road and continue gumming on this show despite – the producer extraordinaire's <laughs> disdain for basketball. I appreciate you being the better person. You thank you, bud. That,
4: Raymond, you've got to change that. I know. I was stunned. The, blew their eyes open and put the basketball on, and no remote in sight. <laughs> thank, thank you, Ollie. Have a great week, bud. <laughs> Thanks you too, bud. Uh, hey, the
1: game 1037 one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of Top Gun Maverick. That's right. You can see it before anyone else by simply texting Top Gun to 68683 that's top gun to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek may 26 at the celebrity theater in bruce art it's the top gun sneak peek preview brought to you by big boy toys and the game southwest louisiana sports station we got to take a timeout we'll wrap up today's show get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnote all next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain call qc kinetics right now hey it's raymond parts the third that pain in your back your knees your shoulder it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue really exciting stuff QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and guess what? No surgery. You have heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics right now. That's 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Just a reminder. The American Legion Post 278 is hosting a membership drive car show on May 21st. The event's going to take place at the American Legion Hall Post 178, located there at 2711 Highway 347 in Leonville. The show will feature three different classes, including Antique Division and pre-registration costs only $25. The event is free to the public, and guess what? Refreshments are going to be sold and provided. For more information, call Charles Taylor at 337-804-2757. I want to take a moment to thank our guest, for making today's Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company tremendous. Hunter Bauer from gopreps.com. Jarrett Rozier from Tiger Details. And Ali Cassell, the editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. By the way, it's a good one. NCAA has cleared the ways for divisions to be eliminated. Should college football get rid of divisions? Now that they can, should they? That's what our poll question of the day is. And right now, final results, 51% of you say no, 38% say yes, 11% say other. Darren says that extra game always throws a wrench in the college football playoff. Sometimes that's what we need. Well, I could say, yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not against that. John Paul says it doesn't really matter anymore. Teams charter planes now don't take trains or buses anymore. Okay, so they do take the bus to the stadium for the game. And he used a lot of emojis. That represents the planes and the trains and the buses. Shout out to John Paul for that. Shout out to him for that. (laughs) Uh, Herschel giving me credit. Props to bad boy Ray. If the Nats annoy you, you got to put the elbow smack down. At Dennis Rodman style. Hashtag glory days. I was a bad man. What can be said? Led the league in fouls. Two years running. Shout out to me. Darren is once again come back to Hannah... Her displeasure for basketball. This 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 is going to carry on. This is going to become part of the show now. By the way, did someone dunk on her? Did she get hit in the head with the ball? Did she mess the? Did she miss the game-winning free throw? What happened?
3: No one has hurt me. <laughs> I'm peachy keen. I am upright. <laughs> I am just not a big fan of basketball. Uh, I the- will rekindle my statement that I don't hate basketball, but I do not care to watch it. It's not my thing. I will try harder to. Oh, you're do that. going from
1: hatred to indifference. Okay, I guess that's a baby go. step. For the producer, basketball-loving extraordinaire, Hannah. Five names. I'm Raymond Parsh the third, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, six to nine. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next, right here on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.